13,884 wins and zero losses. That is the record, or was, I should say, of professional teams in the National Basketball Association ahead by at least nine points with 35 seconds to go in a game. That was the record. The win-loss record. So, that all changed last night. On December 27th, 2022. When the New York Knickerbockers of Manhattan somehow, some way, became the outlier for a very, 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 very unlikely outcome. And so now they are part of another infamous moment in Knicks history with one of the NBA's biggest choke jobs in regular season history. And it sucks. Because the Knicks played a real strong basketball game for about 47 and a half minutes last night in Dallas, Texas. They did. And that was without Brunson. That was with no Barrett. Randall was cooking. He had himself a big night. 29, 18, and 4. Quickly was distributing. He produced a 15 assist double-double. Grimes was on one of his hot sniper games again. A career-high 33 points and 7 triples. You had 20 and 16 for Mitch Robinson. 8 rebounds in just basically a quarter's worth minutes from Jericho Sims. The Knicks had 27 assists as a team versus 9 turnovers. And they had 9 more total rebounds in the game. Pick Pick your stat. There were some very robust stat lines all across the board team, individual, but the craziest one, the craziest one, was that the Knicks, up nine points with 33 seconds to go, somehow managed to lose this basketball game. And the Mavericks, at home last night, would win. And they'd win 126-121 to 121 in overtime. Which I don't think anybody can remember the overtime period, because nobody cared by then. And now, just like that, the eight-game win streak, uh, a thing of the distant past. And this pathetic Knicks team is under scrutiny again as their four-game losing streak has them right back into mediocrity at 18-17. and Um, They aren't pathetic, I'm just angry. But they aren't very good. And I've got my thoughts. So, welcome to the show. Stick around, let's get to it. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4, where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five-star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the world, turning, looking, see ya! Anthony for three, bang! That one goes down and the game is tied! Oh! 
penetrate, creates, and showing some dexterity as well with the left hand. All right, welcome to the show. Let me just adjust my camera here. Uh, I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You know the rules, you know the routine. Welcome to the podcast you are listening to or maybe watching episode 456 of BD4 where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA, Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. Let's talk Knicks because I'm not doing this. You know, let, let's skip the, uh, the bullshit plugs and the introduction here. It was ugly. It was terrible. It was bad. It was an abomination as the title of this episode says. So let's recap that abomination. Let's talk about those last 30-something seconds real briefly, or as brief as we can. And we're not even going to, again, we're not even going to talk about the overtime period because nobody cared by then. No Knicks fan cared because we knew it was over. So you go back to 33.9 seconds left in this ballgame. Deuce McBride, um, yeah, it was Deuce. Nails the second free throw to make it 112-103 Knicks. Christian Wood gets the ball off of a screen on the next Dallas possession where both Quickly and Randall are very lazy on to close out. So Wood drills the three-pointer to make it 112-106 New York. So with 21 seconds left by then, you then get the Grimes jump ball on the inbound. Um, you know, it was definitely a quick whistle, but I'm not going to you know complain and use that as an excuse and blame refs. Because not long before that, quickly got away with an 8-second violation. So Dallas gets it. Hardaway Jr. misfires on a three-pointer. But Luca grabs the rebound and puts it back for the and one. Mitchell Robinson and Julius Randle were right there, right there. But they don't box out, and they let Luca, whose pounds and feet smaller than both of them, grab the rebound, secure it, and score. Now it's all of a sudden a three point game once he converts at the line. Um, after a Knicks timeout, Deuce McBride gets fouled again. He misses one, but then he makes one, and it's a four-point game Knicks. Now Jason Kidd calls a timeout. And out of the inbound, one that could have been a five-second call, but whatever. Again, we're not blaming officials tonight. It's Spencer Dinwiddie knocking down a three-point ball. I don't know why Quentin Grimes in that spot didn't switch, but he didn't, and he's on Luca. and because of that, Deuce was late closing out, getting around Grimes, and now it's a one-point game with nine seconds left. On the next possession, Deuce is fouled once more. He knocks down both, and it's now a three-point game. But then here we go. Off to the races. Dallas ball, Luke's it, Luca takes it down court. Quentin Grimes fouls him. He makes the first free throw, but obviously he's going to intentionally miss the second one. So he does, 
The ball bounces off Doofus Randall's fingers. And then it lands right in between the hands of both Deuce McBride and Quentin Grimes. In the same position opposite of each other. Like this. Like one of they're both going like this to grab the ball on each opposite size reeler. The ball is in between their fingers. It was like a painting. And none of them end up with it. Luca pursues it. He snags it. And in one motion, he throws up a floater. It falls. And the game is tied. The the first thing I like the I, the the incredible amount of stupidity is off the charts with some of these guys. You can complain about a lot of things. You can complain that Jericho Sims should have been in there for that rebounding, right? And, and he definitely should have been. No reason not to have him out there. But you did have Randall and Mitch Robinson out there. Who, between the two of them last night, they grabbed 34 rebounds combined. With who they had out there, they still should have gotten that. These guys don't box out. They don't box out. They never have, never do, and probably never will because it's unfortunately become a lost start and that disgusts me. The game goes to OT. But again, nobody cares. I didn't even bother watching with any kind of intensity. I was actually reading my book, uh, Blood in the Garden, <laughs> watching at the same time because um, I was just disinterested and knew the game was over after regulation. The Knicks were just too deflated. The momentum had already been stolen. And these guys were also just gassed last night. Oh, yeah, and they don't have a superstar. Right, they don't have a superstar because everybody wants to hang on to these middle-of-the-pack role players we've got. Right, 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 right. Knicks fans love the role player for some reason. <laughs> um, I, I want to talk because obviously because we are losing games again, Thibodeau has become a subject. And, uh, you know, because last night was a heartbreaking lo- road loss to get the fourth loss in a row. We're starting to hear that disgruntled Twitter crowd of experts calling for a firing again, right? Fire fire the guy who is coaching an average roster to an average record. That makes sense. Listen, I, I, I get it. And you know what? You know what? Let me, before we even, like, let me join in for a few minutes and say that last night I, am, I fully understand some of the criticism with tips because there were a lot of things that he did last night that, you know, made me question, um, you know, with the Jericho decision again, it was odd, right? The Mavs literally won the game by Luka Doncic leaping up for a rebound, um, (laughs) which Nick has the biggest hops on the roster. It's Jericho Sims, who is one of the better rebounds on the roster rebounders. You could talk about the Grimes thing. Shiv tips called the timeout there. Tough call. Quick whistle, though. And, you know, three, I will also say that, you know, the way we choose to defend sometimes, especially for a coach who's a defensive guru, very questionable at best, right? I mean, we talk about it too much on the show. This is something all Knicks fans complain about. I probably do once an episode. But, you know, we had after the Philadelphia game on Christmas... I forget who it was talking about in his press conference how 
it was odd the Knicks were running drop coverage. And he was like, I haven't seen drop coverage since high school or college. And we talk about that style too. Right? The three-point defense, the pick-and-roll defense. And then last night, um, I was watching NBA Network, and I see Jamal Crawford. Um, He's going on, and he's asking why the Knicks kept going single coverage on Luka Doncic last night, who, if you don't know by now, he dropped 61, 21, and 10 on the Knicks' ass like he was Wilt Chamberlain. He's actually the first player to ever have a 60-20 triple-double. But, you know, it it is a question to ask. Like, why the single coverage, especially with no RJ, right? We lack the size, so why not double? Dallas isn't special from three-point land. You could have doubled. Deuce is small, quickly is small. Grimes isn't exactly large, but no double, no blitz, no zone, nothing. They didn't really make any adjustments on him. You could also talk about why Tibbs has them fouling when they were up three points. That was very questionable because that that's usually not the way he goes. His M.O. is he's going to defend you. And especially when he puts Deuce McBride in there, you're thinking, okay, that means he's going to trust his defense. right? Why would he make that move? But the biggest knock last night on Thibs was none of that. It, was, it wasn't any of that. It was just the minutes workload. And honestly, I, I'm not going to try and pretend like I have a side here. Because I don't. Like with a lot of things... I can unfortunately be undecided. I can see both sides. Um, so the anti-Thibodeau side, again, I completely understand last night. I, I get it. Maybe not completely, but I get it. Right? You've got Jalen Brunson out. RJ Barrett out. Right? Top of the game, he leaves with an injury. So, fucking... You're thinking, what's Tibbs going to do, right? He's, he's probably going to expand the rotation finally. He has to, right? He ends up playing eight men. <laughs> eight men is, is a little too thin to begin with. And you take into account this was a very tough, very gritty, very wearing and tiring game, right? It was an overtime battle, this one was, where you were missing two rotational players, but still, you got 45-plus minutes handed to Randall, Grimes, Quickly, and McBride. Sims got just 13 minutes. Rose got just 12 minutes. And then, obviously, Cam and Evan still get zero minutes. Every starter ends up playing the entire five-minute overtime. Dallas ran seven out there in OT. There wasn't a lot of creativity with Tibbs' lineups last night, man. And, you know, I get it. Again, it's a bad look. You know, normally I'm not going to cry like a wimp when he, when it comes to, you know, Thibodeau playing young guys big minutes. And I'll get back to, you know, my de- my Tibbs' defense in a second. But again, in a game like last night where, where it was very tooth and nail to the end, you can make a, a good point that he should have distributed the minutes a little better. Like they're they're you know, quickly shooting one for ten from three, Deuce going one for nine from three. The Knicks shooting twenty nine percent in both the fourth quarter and overtime, getting out rebounded fourteen to six in the final eight minutes of fourth quarter and overtime. Like that that all happened, and you can make a case that's because they were tired, they were gassed, they had no legs. Right, it's not a coincidence. 
They were just chalking jumpers at that point. I mean, you watched. Nobody would even foul at the end there, right? Randall wouldn't do it. I mean, you saw it. They were dead. They had no energy left. So last night, you could have made a case, right? You could have said that Rose should have been out there longer than a dozen minutes, especially in crunch time. He's experienced in those crunch time spots as a veteran, as a closer. He's composed, good point guard skills. He's smart, high IQ guy. He controls things that out, you know, out there. He's very even keel. So I understood the frustration last night. And I do think at some point we should maybe expand the rotation or make this trade where we can play other guys if we're still so hell-bent on sitting Cam, Fournier, and Rose all the time. Um, but on the flip side, I also see the, I guess, pro-tibs argument. Um, I mean, Dallas, they had Tim Hardaway Jr. play 42 minutes. Dinwiddie, who's 30 years old, played 44 minutes. Luca played 47. Christian Wood played 40. So there is a side of me that really doesn't see a big problem with it. That says, well, we all wanted the kids, right? Play the kids, play the kids. We all wanted that. He played them. 51 minutes to quickly. 46 minutes to McBride. And these are the results we get. We all wanted them to grow and learn and deal with adversity, right? This is exactly what we're asking for. Is last night not that adversity? Is that not what we asked for from Grimes, Deuce, and Quickly to experience? So, yeah, you know, it's kind of like welcome to the real world. Once in a while, these guys are going to have to learn how to grind it out and deal with fatigue. They're pro athletes making big bucks. Um, And I'm not so sure that the Thibodeau minutes distribution this year has been so much different from a lot of other teams. And I did some digging, all right? You can fact check me because I made sure. Uh, Cleveland's got two guys in the top 15 for minutes per game. Portland, two guys in the top 15 minutes per game. The Nets, two guys in the top 10 for minutes per game. The Raptors, three guys in the top 10 for minutes per game. The Knicks have zero guys in the top 10 for minutes per game, zero guys in the top 20, and zero guys in the top 30. Randall's 33rd in minutes per game, RJ 39th, Brunson 58th, and then it goes all the way down to 139th with Mitch. Now you could talk about total minutes, right, all you want because that includes just overall the mileage underneath them. Boston and Portland have two guys in the top 15. Cleveland's got two guys in the top 20. Brooklyn's got two in the top 20, and the Knicks two. And you can tell me all you want that the Knicks guys aren't as talented. Look at the total minutes list. The leaders. You've got guys in there like Kyle Kuzma, Franz Wagner, Evan Mobley, Royce O'Neal, Jeremy Grant, Jordan Clarkson, Kelly Oubre. All of those guys are in the top 20 total minutes this season, and none of them are amazing. They're good players, they're decent players, some young talent for sure. But none of them right now are off the charts remarkable and miles miles and miles better than Barrett and Randall. Right? So I, I'm just trying to stay in the middle here with the Tibbs thing and understand both the frustration of the fans but also the reasoning behind a very successful NBA head coach. An NBA head coach who is... 
in the 86th percentile all-time in winning percentage. An NBA head coach who is in the 70th percentile all-time in playoff win percentage. An NBA head coach who is 96-93 and 93 with the Knicks, who were a 300 team in the last six seasons combined before he came. And I'm not trying to puff him up here and act like he's one of the greatest coaches ever, but rather instead what I'm trying to do is know where I sit, we sit as fans, versus where he sits. Right, A personal goal for me this past year in 2022 as a sports fan was to try to become more reasonable, more mature um, this year and go away from the popular narrative and the, you know, the group of angry internet trolls. That's been my goal. It hasn't always worked, but I think I've taken a step in the right direction. Um, and I think he's been better than any other coach we've had in a long, long time since maybe Mike Woodson. You know, I don't know that Tibbs is great, right? 93 and 96 or whatever. 96 and 93 is not great. But it's not terrible. Like, like I, I'll even say I don't know that he's the guy long-term to get us to the uh, Larry O'Brien trophy. God forbid that ever happens. But what I'm just saying is I do think he's done, for the most part, at least an average job working with an average to slightly above-average roster. All right, and I think last night is is more on the players. I wasn't watching that game with the Knicks players blowing it and thinking that damn Thibodeau. I was watching and thinking, how the hell are these clowns so fundamentally flawed? Boxing out, rebounding, soft closeouts, free throws. We got all of that in the final minutes of this one. Each and every bit of those four bullet points I just listed were a big problem down the stretch. I get that can fall on coaching sometimes, fundamentals, but at some point, simple, 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 simple little things like that must be executed by the players themselves. There's only so much yelling and preaching a coach, a coach can do to you. When you're a pro athlete, you've got to have the accountability. So that's all I'm going to say as far as Thibodeau goes and the criticism that he's been receiving last night and obviously this season and since he's been here, whatever. I'm trying to find reasoning on both sides, and I definitely get it. At the end, I, I, I maybe may lean more towards the pro-Tibbs side. Um, and it's funny because last year I was fully on board with the anti-Tibbs train. I was fire tips, play the kids, all this, all that. But again, I'm trying to see through a more reasonable lens this year. We're going to head to break, come back, and we'll talk about some good from last night because, believe it or not, there was some positive. Stay with us. Be right back. Hey, guys. So if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4. You can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod. And you can also find me on Instagram at Rob J. Carbone.
BD4 is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and if you do there, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify, but you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. All right, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to episode 456 of BD4. The Knicks commit an abominable choke job in Dallas. So, you know, we just bitched and moaned for about 20 minutes on the bad of this game. And there was a lot of bad. Um, and again, you just can't have that happen. That can't happen to any team in any NBA game. You can't have a nine-point lead with over 30 seconds left, just over 30 seconds left, and completely blow it. That can't happen. That shouldn't happen. And honestly, I, I, <laughs> if physical violence was allowed, I'd be slapping the shit out of every one of my uh, players if I was a coach. <laughs> but um, that's just disgusting and spitiful. Um, there was some good things to look at. Like, if the Knicks were to win, we'd be focusing and gushing on a lot of these performances. Fucking, uh, there were some positive individual efforts, right? Like we said at the top of the show, uh, some absurd stat lines all around. Um, and the first one, I want to give a game ball to Mitchell Robinson. Because I thought he was the best player on the floor for the Knicks last night. From start to finish, no big mistakes. Bing bong. Yeah, Mitch gets a bing bong ball for me. Last night, 20 points. 16 rebounds. He's been on a monster stretch, and that continues. Um, dug into the numbers. The first 12 games this year for Mitch, 7 points, 6 rebounds, and only one double-figure rebound game. The last 15 games for Mitch Robinson, 9 points, 11 rebounds, 10 double-figure rebound games. So... He's been much better. He's got his legs back. He's in better shape again after, you know, the injury. Um, Now, this is where I defer from probably a lot of other Knicks fans. And maybe that they see this stretch he's been on as a sign of optimism and, you know, an indicator that he'll eventually break out with big rebounding numbers and scoring numbers. I just think, and we've said this, like most, if not all guys on the team, it's simply a hot stretch from Robinson that every decent player is bound to go on. But hey, I, I will give him his credit. He's been good. We saw some post-ups last night, you know, with the Christian Wood mismatch. The first play of the game, Mitch was in post-up. Um, and then maybe we saw it maybe one or two more times near the low block. And so running some off and we're run, running offense for Mitch. What do you know? We've been asking for that for a while. But um, wow. He's been on a hot stretch, hasn't he? And this this is, you know, he's very underrated in a sense that, you know, because he's not a big-time scorer, Knicks fans think he doesn't contribute offensively. The amount of offensive rebounds he gets give us these extra possessions to have those other guys score. So I will say that about him. But, yeah, last night I thought Mitch Robinson was the best. Um, Julius Randle. He had a great game. He would have gotten the game ball from the starters, but, you know, the defense at the end of the game and the the free throw bricking just did it for me because he missed two down the 
excuse me, down the stretch. He had the numbers last night, 29 points, 8 rebounds, shot 48%, made 5 triples. He had some very nice, very impressive, crafty finishes following those uh, those two turnovers from Luka down the stretch of the fourth quarter. But in the, but in the end, he choked hard. And he choked so bad that he was running from the damn ball at the end and letting Deuce take those free throws. Um, so I cannot give him the game ball because of that. Uh, Quinton Grimes, I thought he was another candidate, of course, to get the game ball. 33 points, 7 threes made. Six rebounds and four dimes from the former point guard. He made some very good passes on the drive. An early driving kick to Randall, a kick out to D Rose in the right corner, and then a very, very nice slick pass to Mitch Robinson. Attacking the closeout on Luca, Mitch is sitting in the dunk spot. Grimes gets to the restricted area, hands him a quick no look dime. Mitch dunks it. There, it was, it was cool. And those were all nice passes that he made last night, but impressive ones because they were all decisions he made on the fly, right? All of them except for the dime to Julius and post-up were decisions he made because he was forced to make a decision. You know, he wasn't ISOing or using pick and roll to find open guys in his set. He was closed out, so he attacked certain angles and used his court vision on the drive to make a quick decision. So that was impressive. That's where you could tell he used to be a point guard. Uh, but the guy has, his, the kid's not been coming through in the clutch lately. And that's that's when he took the hit for me to not get the game ball. Uh, missing free throws again. Uh, he also had an offensive foul running into Luca with two minutes or so to go. And then he got trapped to force that jump ball turnover. Uh, now I hope, my hope is that he can continue to stay consistent. Because we've talked about this inconsistency from him last episode. Now he erupts for one or two games, and then he's in single digits for the next one or two. But um, overall, it was a good, good effort from Quentin Grimes. Um, Emmanuel quickly, you know, gets the start last night with no Jalen Brunson. 13 points, 3 rebounds, 15 assists, 1 turnover, 1 steal. He shot poorly, 5 of 21, chucked away a little bit. Um, but again, he did play 50-something minutes. He's just got to find that balance, right? He made some great reads. Guys were knocking down shots. But I think this is probably more an outlier game as a you know, as a playmaker. Um, I, I still think he's better off ball at the two. Um, and, you know, he'll, he'll have his primary league guard roles on nights like this where Brunson sits out. Um, he's going to score. He's going to shoot in the playmaking, though. Is mostly secondary. Uh, but that's why I like when he plays with this starting unit. Because he isn't the only scorer. Unlike when he's with the bench. Right? So he doesn't get that free will to do whatever the hell he wants. Because he's got RJ, Randall, etc. beside him to share the floor with. But again, like I say too often. Um, and like I just said about Mitch quickly is who he is at this point and maybe he'll have some small improvements in his game in the future sure but role players will be role players um but the second game ball i'm going to hand out to um is listen he didn't shoot great (laughs) but uh, I, i like the defense he played 
And most importantly, he's getting the ball because his free throw shooting down the stretch. Right? He was 5 of 6, and that was all down the stretch. Simple. He had two steals. One of them, he was just in the right place at the right time when Luka lost the ball. But the free throw shooting, you know, kept the Knicks in it. The other guys just blew it. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's, I don't know, it was bad. Last night was bad. As many positives as we, as we can try to throw out. It does not look good. Um. And we're unfortunately developing a very bad habit that we thought we had fixed for a little bit, but we're collapsing in crunch time again. The ball movement slows down every time. The free throws hit the rim. The defense is not there. In Toronto, we choked. In Chicago, or against Chicago, we choked at the free throw line. Against Philly, we had a lead after three quarters and then scored six points in the fourth to lose the game. And now last night, it was just a number of things to give us this abomination of a game. And I'm not going to sit here and do this moral victory crap either. And I'm also not going to say I don't believe in moral victories, but followed by a moral victory. Because that's become a popular thing now that people do. They say hypocritical things. Like, that's it's weird. Um, but we will see. San Antonio tomorrow night, they're a 14th place team. The Rockets on Saturday, they're a 15th place team. If the Knicks want to avoid embarrassment, further embarrassment, sorry, they go out and they beat the pulp out of these two basement bums. You come out with hunger and you do not sleep on these teams because we know how that works. And if they get it done, good. That's strong. That's, that's you know, then you're talking about coming back home off a two-game win streak with a chance to get hot again. Right, things can change quick. They just after they choked against the Mavs the first time, they went on an eight-game run. But if they don't sweep these next two games, the Twitter mob will get angry. The NY Post will be out. The media will do their thing, and the Knicks will most importantly be in a very ugly spot with no optimism. So at the end of the day, I just think the Knicks are mediocre. I think they are who they are. They will have peaks like they had a week ago, and they will have valleys like they are in right now. But play defense, rebound, play hard, and we're okay against these squads coming up. But last night was an abomination. It can't happen again. If it does happen again, uh, we might have to talk about some shit. (laughs) Because that was absolutely disgusting. Let's head to break, get back with our trivia, and then we're done. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to BD4blog.com, you can find the blog the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to bd4blog.com. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born.
right, so welcome back to the show, episode 456 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4. For this episode, our NYYNYK MMA question of the day. And I'm only going to read this once, I don't feel like repeating it. So listen carefully or rewind if you have to. Who was the first New York Knick to record a triple-double? And was it the first in NBA history? I'll read it one more time. All right, fuck it. Who was the first New York Nick to record a triple-double? And was it the first in NBA history? So a two-parter there. Guys, that's it. I'm out. I'm tired. <laughs> I can't believe we lost like that. Disgusting, all that stuff. I'm going. And I hope, hopefully we can talk about better things in the next episode. We'll see. Later. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.